0: In this month's episode of Table Tennis Talk, we try to climb the mountain of table tennis tournaments with the Bulgaria Open, Czech Open, Pan American Championships, European Championships, and Paraguay Open. We also discuss the Japanese Tea League and answer a burning question from Twitter about how to deal with those pesky short pips. Spoiler alert, bug spray doesn't work.
1: Right, and we're back for another episode of Table Tennis Talk. This is our uh, September episode. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Lewis, and I'm here with
0: Joey Cochran. <laughs> um, always say here. your name. I wanted you to try saying your name. All right. I like how you started, so it's it's okay.
1: <laughs> How's it going, Joey?
0: It's going really good. Um, it's been was... an exciting, busy month, as yeah, always. How was your month? Um, so yeah, I. Played in the TTX tournament in in Denver. Sweet. Um, How I, was it? It was it was fun. Um, <laughs> so I went uh, and just as a refresher, maybe you haven't heard the previous episodes. The um, the the way it was formatted was you play a two minute match, uh, a two minute game, and it's best two out of three. So oh, okay. Um, it's and you play with a big ball, it's played outside. Um, all kinds of weird rules involved, anyway. So, yeah. the first match I had to play was against uh, a guy named Yehow Zhang. He's okay. from, he lives in Denver. Um, he's he's actually, I, I think he's the top player in, in Colorado right now, so a really oh, wow. good player. <laughs> Tough draw right off the first bat. First match, first you match, played the, yeah. like
1: the best player in Colorado, yeah. So,
0: dude, I went out. First game, two-minute games, I, I think I missed, like, the first eight points in a row and oh. went down right away. And then the second game, I was up 8-4, and, like, you're playing, and you don't really want to stall. It's kind of douchey, and, like, yeah. you don't want to be that guy. So yeah. I'm like, okay, I wanted to kind of make a point of not stalling. So. Yeah. I started kind of hurrying myself, and right away I just, I think I hit like my finger, and then I hit the edge of my paddle. I missed like six points in a row oh, to go down eight, four, or sorry, 10. I was up eight, four, went down 10, eight. Uh, so then I get the point 10, nine, but there's only like a few seconds left, and they're counting down like three, two, one. At, at one, I serve the ball, and we play out the point, and I win the point. Because um, I said once if the point's in play, then you play it out, and yeah. So I, I was able to get one last serve in, tied it up at 10-all. <laughs> so then there's a playoff point, and then I missed, like, the first shot. Oh, <laughs> so like, so I, I ended up losing my very first match, a single. It, it was a group, but the other guys in the group weren't any good. So um, I was pretty much done at that point. And, oh, that yeah, sick. it was a tough tough tournament because it was an eight-hour drive each way. So I ended up oh, wow. driving 16 hours for... Four minutes of ping pong, essentially. Oh man, <laughs> it was a tough one. Um So yeah, that was that was a couple of weeks ago. Then I went to Calgary, Canada, with my wife and my dad. Cool. I uh, went camping and hiking. There's just really beautiful scenery up there. I uh, Went to Banff and Jasper National Parks. Heard of Banff? Yeah, Banff is is yeah beautiful. Guy, Definitely recommend it.
1: Yeah, a guy at my work like loves it. He all his all the his desktop backgrounds are pictures he took at Banff and it's just like, he's just showing off.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, you can stop, there's like a highway that go, kind of goes through the park and cool. you can pretty much stop anywhere and take like the best picture you've ever taken. Like, Man. It's just huge mountains all around, big snowy glaciers everywhere and yeah, really That's pretty. Awesome. Um,
1: any, any other ping pong things in the last month?
0: Yeah, so I bought a whole bunch of just kind of Unique, I guess. So pistol grip, yeah. So I did. I bought the pistol grip paddle. So after mentioning it, found it. Yeah, after mentioning (laughs) it on the podcast, it sold out on Amazon. So I had to wait. And so they restocked. I think there's three left in stock now. And I I ended up buying one and playing with it. That's awesome. Um, I for a while I was using one of my one of my friends. uh, He actually bought one. Oh wow! Yeah, Decker. He. He let me use his for a while. I was like, man, I after talking about it, yeah. after playing with his, yeah. I've got to try it out. <laughs> so, or actually, get one. So I ended up getting one when they had more in stock. And okay. Then I uh, I got these like glove paddles. I found them on Amazon. I think they were like twenty bucks or something. Huh. It's like what is that? Yeah. It's like two separate pieces of wood okay. that are glued together, but you put your hand inside of it. Oh. So you like, it, it's kind of. It's kind of hard to explain, it's but like, you basically—it's like a mitt that you put like your a hand mitten, in, yeah. And um, so I got those. <laughs> and what else? Oh yeah, from the TTX, I, I I got like a whole bunch of these giant ping pong balls. I think they're like fifty-five millimeter, or forty-five millimeter. Wow. Um,
1: Why are they bigger? Like, what 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 does that do? Does it move slower? Maybe
0: it definitely moves slower. Okay. And so it's played outside, and I think there are two main reasons why they use these giant balls for the tournament. Yeah. One, I think is because you're playing outside. The wind doesn't affect it as much.
1: Oh, okay. But
0: also I think mm-hmm. they're just kind of be, they're trying to be unique and kind of weird with, with it yeah. and just kind of funky and different than table tennis. So yeah. it definitely is. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was my month. What was, how, how was your month? What cool. would what'd you do this month?
1: Yeah. Um, I think the big thing that happened to me was I uh, traveled up to Seattle, um, which we drove, and it was a 15-hour drive both ways. We did it in one day. Nice. Um, And went to PAX, which is a big video game convention
0: um, in Seattle. They do every year. That's cool. I... I watched like the E3 ones, yeah, but I haven't actually seen the the PAX one. Yeah,
1: PAX is like E3 is usually when all the video game play makers announce their new games, and then PAX is like when you can go and play them. Basically, oh, cool! That's like even better than that's what I really want to (laughs) do. Yeah, (laughs) I think you can actually. I think E3 you can play them as well now, but um, PAX is much more like people focused and not as much industry focused. Like, there's not as many like. Um, there's not really an, any announcements or anything, but it's basically like it's like going to a theme park for video games because there's like huge like twenty foot recreations of video game scenes and cool. Um, I get to play like the new Final Fantasy VII remake and
0: it sounds awesome. Um, I love that game. Yeah, a I remember bunch playing of that things. game when I was a little kid. <laughs> yeah, you play any ping pong up there? Get to any of the of the clubs?
1: So I. I I had thought about it because there is a club in in Bellevue that's actually um, pretty uh, pretty active. I think I actually saw like on one of the butterfly um, newsletters they actually um, f- like featured it because it's one okay. of. Their, like, I've actually
0: played at clubs. that club when I was on the U.S. team. They had a, oh, yeah. a training camp at the Bellevue oh, that's Tennis awesome. Club. Yeah,
1: cool. Um, I mean, I I always kick myself because I lived up there for seven years and never went. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> um, But, yeah, no, I was so tired after driving, and then when I was at PAX, like, that day, I walked, like, 11 hours on, like, concrete, which isn't great. Oh, shoot. And then had to stand in line, like, for probably a cumulative four or five hours. So, like, my lower back was just – it hurts so bad. (laughs) And my, like, calves were super tight. Like It was just, like Oh, I was physically, I was completely exhausted, so That's understandable. I, I didn't. I, I feel I feel a little bad cuz that would have been fun. Um But yeah, I mean even with with uh with traveling up to Seattle and just being busy with work, I haven't played much ping pong at all this month, which is yeah. too bad. That's okay. Sometimes you have months like that, so Yeah. Um uh, but yeah, that's that's me for um what is it? August, half August, half September. We record these in the middle of the month, so it's kind of, like, it's tough to say in yeah. the last
0: month, but... Um, well, let's jump into it. Let's, yeah. Let's talk about ping pong. That's what we're here for.
1: So, uh, man, so many tournaments. Like, the last episode, I was like, there are so many tournaments to talk about, and this, it was it was kind of like, I don't know, this month was like, hold my beer or something, like, because there, there's just too much to talk about. Yeah. Um, but let's just let's just uh, let's just run through it uh, <laughs> as fast as we can. Um, you had mentioned something um, an American player won. Um...
0: Yeah, so the the Para Pan Am Games okay um, was going on this last month, and one of the U.S. players, Tal Leibovitz, he lives in New York. He actually went down and competed, and he won it. So he. Wow. When you win the Pan Am Games, it's an automatic bid to the Olympics. So yeah. he'll be going to the Olympics in Tokyo for the, the Pan Am Olympics. That's great. Or the Pan Olympic Games is what it would be. So yeah, that's really, really awesome. Um, he's a great player. I've actually played him actually only once. Yeah. And we had a really close match. And I beat him, but it was like really impressive at yeah. how good he was. Yeah, like, yeah. So yeah, he's a tough player. That's and awesome. um, I think I beat him like, deuce in the fifth kind of thing so yeah yeah um yeah so that was that was really good i'm i'm excited that he won that <laughs> yeah that's cool we should uh we should
1: get him on the on the podcast for sure yeah
0: that'd be cool he's uh, an exciting player to watch he's very vocal and animated <laughs> yeah. So.
1: yeah that's always good speaking of vocal um the <laughs> the bulgaria open happened basically while we were recording the last episode i think the bulgaria open was happening okay um and Harimoto actually won um, the men's gold, uh, which was good. I don't, I don't know that he's won anything since like the. What did he win last? Was it the world champion? He didn't win the world championship. No,
0: right? I actually don't remember. It's been a while. He was he kind of like blew up on the scene and yeah. then hasn't really done a whole lot in yeah, the yeah. last couple months, really. Yeah. Um, I think he won
1: the World Cup. So there's the world cup? there's usually it three could be, world yeah. events, right? There's like the world championships, there's the world cup, and there's something else. Um, he won one of them last. Uh, we should know this. <laughs> he won one of them at the end of last year. Uh, that was a big deal. Um, but yeah, I mean he's kind case, of had a slump. it's been long
0: enough that I can't even remember. Yeah, so. exactly.
1: He's been kind of having a slump, and so having him come out um, and win the Bulgaria Open was really cool. He beat um, Zhao Jihao. From China, um, who I think is like the China B team, like it kind of seemed like the Bulgaria Open and the Czech Open, which happened just a week later. Um, China just they didn't send any of their top players.
0: Um, it's it's kind of interesting to see what China is doing because mm-hmm. um, I think they're trying to like prepare the next generation of chinese national team and okay. i'm seeing a lot of names out of china that i've never heard of never yeah. seen him play and they're all super good like this guy zhao Zihao. yeah i don't know how to say his name he i mean he makes it to the finals of the bulgaria open and yeah. narrowly narrowly loses to um haramoto so yeah. like obviously super good player um and actually, there was another guy I'd never heard of from China who beat Harimoto, I think like a month or two ago.
1: Yeah, Sun Sun Wen beat him, and that was a it was a big upset because Sun Wen I think at the time was like number four hundred in the world. Right. And yeah. It was like who is this guy? And it was really like yeah, they just China just wasn't sending him to tournaments, so um, he was really good. But another interesting player at the Bulgaria Open was Quadri Aruna. He did um, incredibly. He. Um, in his first match, he beat Wang Chung-Ting, who's, like, world number 12, um, and then he beat Jun Mizutani, um, and he made it all the way to the semifinals, which is awesome, um, and especially after a uh, week before he took gold in the Nigerian Open, so.
0: Quadri Aruna is one of those players who just, like, he he's been so good for so long, and he's beating, like, the previous generation, this generation of players, and then, yeah. like, even the new people, like, he's just... Such a solid player. Yeah. And he always performs really well, like week after week, seems like.
1: Yeah. It was really exciting. For the women's in the Bulgarian Open, um, Chen Tong beat um Hez Vogia, which um both of them are like kind of like B list um women's Chinese players. Um and uh they're both really good, but it was really like Bulgaria Open and Czech Open. Also, China totally sent like their B team, and and it was kind of interesting because in the women's they actually did really good. Like their kind of women's lineup is super solid, but it looks it seems like in their men's it's like they have their a their A team, and then everyone else is like not like really close. Like it's almost like um, the women's B team can still beat. Everyone else in the world, but the men's B team can't, Mm -hmm. uh, which is I think is kind of interesting.
0: I think yeah, I don't know what they do over in China, but especially their women's I think are much more dominant than Hmm. their men's. Although the Japanese girls have been starting to beat the Chinese women, so yeah. um, I think actually there was there's there are a few issues with the Chinese women being so good, and the men are obviously. Super dominant as well, but mm-hmm. um, f- like ten years ago or more, the if you looked at the the worlds, there would be like China would be number one, and then representing almost every other country would be like Chinese B team players that are just like spreading out because they can't make the Chinese women's team, so they they go to another country and just like represent whatever country. And huh. a lot of times they were like throwing matches to the Chinese national team because they're not supposed to beat the mother country kind of what? thing and yeah cuz like looking at the list it was just like china versus china versus china versus china versus china all the way down almost like yeah. there were a couple of countries that they weren't that way like i think germany had a couple girls that were on top and they were they were scattered in there but yeah. for the most part it was just like china all the way down the list man that's crazy and the men did that too but not to the same extent so they actually ITTF made some rules to help like fix that problem but okay um Yeah, the Chinese women are just like so good. Wow. Cool. Okay, uh let's uh move on. A week later we had
1: the Czech Open, um, which uh Lin Yunju took gold, beating Dmitry Optorov four to one. Um Lin Yunju is that uh the kid who recently won T Two Diamond. Yeah, (laughs) Silent Assassin. He's why is he called the silent assassin?
0: He, yeah, he just never shows emotion uh, until, mm-hmm. I mean, even after he wins sometimes, it's just like, oh, I won. Um, yeah. But he's just like, he beats everybody, just killing yeah. off everyone. Um, and just, he doesn't really show any emotion. And, yeah, he's one of those players that just, I had never really heard of him. I guess he's mm-hmm. been around a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's super young. He's he's 18, number 10 in the world now. Yeah, so
0: after he won the T2 Diamond yeah. Um I just want to like reemphasize this. Like he beat Ma Long, one Wang Chun Ting mm-hmm. and Jun Mitsutani mm-hmm. and Fanzang Dong <laughs> all in the same tournament. Like and it wasn't like some I think two of those matches were four oh, one of them was four one, four two. Like it was just a slaughter. Not even close. Not even close. And just like who the heck is this kid? I'd never even heard of him. <laughs> and now he won the Czech Open. So I, after he won the T2 Diamond, I looked him up, and I was trying to find, like, his previous results. Like, where did he come from? Yeah. Who is this kid? Yeah. And there really wasn't much of anything. Yeah. Like, even in the junior worlds, like, he competed but didn't really perform that well. Like, he's yeah. done okay in some events, but never really knocked off anybody huge. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, boom, he's, like, one, like beating all the best players in the world. Yeah. And now winning more tournaments, it's just... I don't know. I I'm excited to see what he does from here out. Obviously, he's continuing to win. Um but I think he's he's going to be a name to remember yeah. for at least the foreseeable future.
1: Yeah, I always saw him I always saw him in doubles before cuz like he I, in singles he didn't really perform, but he's left-handed, so and he was always in doubles teams for Okay, um, yeah. He liked that ready lefty of. Taiwan, combo, so. yeah. Um do you think how much of that do you think might be attributed to uh, they just don't like they haven't figured him out yet? Like he's he's for fresh sure on the some scene. of
0: it because um, once once you beat China they they do not right. like you doing that ever again. They'll, yeah, they'll they'll start targeting you as a as a threat. So he definitely has a target on his back. So yeah. hopefully he can keep it up, but it's gonna be tough.
1: Like how much of like because I because when Harimoto first came out. I almost feel like it was a similar thing. Like he he took all the, I don't know what you call it, but he beat all the top Chinese players, and then now he's, I mean he he's been
0: being beat by less Chinese players. So, um, yeah. As soon as you, as soon as you beat the Chinese team, like
1: they like analyze your game. They and start and analyzing you yeah. and studying you mm-hmm. and
0: training. They have all their extra uh, mimic players that can right. kind of pull off different styles. And it's hard to it's hard to repeat against China.
1: Man, well, uh, he's still doing great. I mean, Czech Open sent you know China only sent their B team, but he still um, took it, which is awesome. Um, Harimoto... Uh, Took won the Bulgaria Open the week before and then was out at round thirty two on the Czech Open. So, Sometimes
0: that's just the way it goes. Man, like, I have a good week and then a bad week.
1: So. I mean, I just think okay. So the kid's like sixteen. He's he's playing. Yeah, he's playing weekly um, tournaments. He's also playing in the T League. He's also getting ready for the Asia Championships, which just started um, today, and um, and still having to go to school. I mean like he's still having to learn and study and stuff.
0: Oh man. Like I can't even imagine. any one of those things is like a full time. I know, right? Like <laughs> yeah. So
1: I don't know. I I, I kind of don't I'm not surprised that he's his performance is up and down. Um
0: yeah. But it's um, actually so when you only play a few tournaments a year, yeah. it's easier to perform well at those few tournaments. Oh, okay. Like like what you just said. I mean, he has a million things on his plate. Yeah. So like when I was playing, I would try to play in a tournament every single weekend right? and traveling all across the U.S. And some some weeks you do great and then some weeks you might lose to some guy that has no business beating you. Hmm. And I I lost a lot of matches I shouldn't have lost, but it's because you're you're learning like that's going to help Haramoto in the long run. Okay. Like, he's he's going to he's going to gain a lot more than he's going to lose by yeah. playing all these tournaments all over the world. So that's cool. That's cool. Um
1: yeah, uh continuing on, uh, Chen Tong, who won the women's and Bulgaria Open, also um won the Czech Open, beat uh Miyu Hirano. Um two for two. Yeah, she's she's doing good. I, I remember seeing her last year because she was she played a bunch of stuff last year. She was almost on the A list team. The almost on the women's A list team, but I think something Something must have happened. I don't know if it was political or how she was performing. She, um,
0: she hasn't. I haven't seen much until this year. Um, I think the Chinese team is a lot of political. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes yeah. that okay. kind of decides who's on the team because yeah. there's so many players who can make the case like, "Hey, I'm better than so and so and so and so." Right. But if you don't know the right people, if you don't like give the the Chinese image that they want, like it's – you're going to have a hard time making it. So Yeah, okay. Okay, um, let's talk about some uh,
1: local – more local championships. So maybe you know more information about this, but there's all of these regional championships going on right now. So there was a Pan American championship um, that happened about a week ago. At the same time – at the exact same time the European championships was happening – We've got the Asian Championships happening right now. The um, And I think that's it. These are like – are these like qualifiers or something for something? Some of them might be. Because they're like these regional – not cups, but there are all these regional championships going on.
0: I don't know if they're – some of them might be qualifications. I think each different like region has their own – thing going on. So we had the Pan Am Games, which is separate from the Pan Am Championships. Right. The Pan Am Games was a qualifier for the Olympics. Okay. If you win it, then you get an automatic yeah. bid into the Olympics.
1: But Pan Am Games is also more than just table tennis.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So the Pan Am Championships is just North and South America, yeah. uh, in and Central America. Yeah. Um then obviously European championships is European, Asian Asian. Yeah. Um I don't know I don't think they're really qualifying for anything. I think it's just, um, just another, like, they don't want to overlap. So, like, all the Asian countries will play in this one. All the European countries will play in this one. Right. And they don't want to have, like, the European championships the same time as, like, the Paraguay Open or something like that.
1: Yeah. Okay. So that's why they're kind of doing them, overlapping them.
0: That's my guess, but I don't know for sure, I guess. Sure. Okay. Well, um,
1: in terms of, uh, America had kind of like a weird showing in the Pan-American Championship. So Kanak lost in the men's semifinals. um, And then Brazil, uh, Vitor Ishii, who I've never heard of, won the men's gold. Yeah, I haven't heard of him either. Um, The women's side, we actually did really good. Um, Lily Zhang took women's gold over Bruna Takahashi from Brazil. Um, uh, Lily Zhang and Wu Yu won the women's doubles. And then um, Lily Zhang and Kai Zhang won the uh, mixed doubles. Um, over another uh American mixed double pair, Nikhil Kumar and Amy Wing. So um there's really good showing on the on the women's side, but the men's side not so much.
0: Yeah. Lily, yeah, three three events probably and three golds. It's three golds. Four golds because <laughs> I
1: forgot to mention um they also part of the championships is they're doing um country team matches and the women's okay. US team won over Brazil in the team matches. So she actually took four Four for four. Gold medals home. That's pretty – That's awesome.
0: Pretty, That's another person we need to get on the show is Lily. She's yeah. awesome player, really good spokesman and stuff. So I would
1: love to – I really hope she has a wall at home that has all of her achievements because I feel like it would – she'd need like a four-bedroom yes, house or something to hold everything. Um One thing that was really weird is that uh, some of the top like Pan-American players were missing – um, Adriana Diaz that. from Puerto Rico yeah. and Hugo Calderano from Brazil, who like would have likely been top seeds for the championships, were not even there. Which I I have no idea why. It seems really bizarre.
0: The, I don't know about Hugo from Brazil, but the only thing I can think of from uh, Diaz is we've had like a ton of really terrible hurricanes right around Puerto Rico. That's true. So maybe it was hard to get out or. Uh, I that's I don't know, I'm just kinda making stuff up, but huh. Her sister was there though. Oh her no sister ideas. was there? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know then. <laughs> there goes my theory. Yeah.
1: The Puerto Rico team was definitely there. They they um they got silver in the men's match, so I mean they were there and playing it's just it's just I don't know. I mean like maybe it was just personal things. I don't maybe. know. Maybe.
0: Yeah. Maybe um, is she playing in the Bundesliga, maybe or?
1: I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah. I think Hugo Calderano probably was. I know he has before, so maybe he was this year as well. But, I mean, like, okay, so maybe maybe you can shed some light on this. Because, um, like, especially when you're playing on the world stage, there's a lot of stuff that is going to overlap. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you decide what, what to do? I mean, like, if you've got a Bundesliga match where you're getting paid and then you got Pan American Championships, which you – probably aren't getting paid um
0: you'd probably pay the Bundesliga. league <laughs> so getting paid for <laughs> yeah i mean if you win the pan pan american championships you probably win some money probably a lot of money um but i'm sure that it's in their contracts if you're playing for the Bundesliga league then you got to play like okay. you might be able to miss like one week or something or it's i'm sure it's contracted so got it
1: got it oh that's interesting all right, moving on in this incredibly long list of <laughs> championships. Um, all right, uh, European championships happened on the s- at the same time. It was not like a huge event like the Pan American championships. It was just teams. Um, the Germany men's team beat Portugal, and the women's Romanian team beat Portugal. <laughs> I don't okay. know why Portugal's always Portugal's second. Portugal's pretty tough. So. Yeah. Um, but so that was uh, – that's pretty cool. It's always cool to see um, the Romanian women's team with like Bernadette Sox and Eliza Beta Samara. Um, they're both really good players, so it's cool to see their their team is really um, pulling up in front in the world and the European side.
0: Um, yeah. Did they use any of the uh, colored rubbers? I know that Bernadette used using the pink rubber at the T two Diamond. I, yeah. I didn't watch that one, so I didn't
1: even notice. I didn't notice – you oh. You had to bring up the pink for me and T2. Oh, okay. Know. So – You know, uh, actually, I don't know that – I don't know that the color is, like, official yet for, like, world tour events. Okay. I think T2 is a little bit special because um, I, I think I remember when they announced, like, they were going to do the color rubber. They were, like, af- basically after the 2020 Olympics is when
0: it would be, like, official. official. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so probably not then. Yeah, for the European Championships. Yeah. That's the one I should probably go back and watch because, I mean, they're I mean Europe has some of the best players in the world, and they're all competing against each other. So, I should probably go check that one out. I yeah, haven't seen that sure. one yet. Okay, and then the last
1: event that we're going to talk about this month it was the Paraguay Open. It was a World Tour Challenge Plus event, um, and it happened just. It just ended yesterday. yesterday um, yep. So one thing that was cool is since it was in Paraguay, it was in um, r- like close to our time zone. So I was able to watch it at work, which was pretty cool. Um, in terms of finals, uh, Masataka Morizono, which, who is a Japanese, kind of like a Japanese B player. He's like, I think number 60 in the world. Um, won over Robert Gardos. Um, he's one of my favorite ones to watch because he's so athletic. Like he will leap across like from the right to left like he's just he's all over the place he's awesome um he used to play doubles with harimoto for a while and they were a pretty good team because he's a left-handed player but um i don't know he hasn't really had like his time in the spotlight recently um this was actually the first world tour event he um has ever won in terms of like the senior events not the under 21 um so he was he was uh Screaming all over the place when he won, he was super excited. Um, and it was a, it was a great uh, time for Japan because Hina Hayata also won um, the Japanese. Uh, sorry, Hina Hayata from Japan won the women's gold for the Paraguay Open as well. Um, so two we, for two then. Yeah, we don't usually talk about like the Challenge Plus events because usually I don't know. There's they're not that exciting. But I thought this one this one was really cool. I watched a lot um, and. The other big thing that happened at the Paraguay Open is that for some reason Koki Niwa played. played. Um, I don't know why they sent like, y- you know, usually uh, challenge plus events. Like usually it's like maybe world twenty and down. Like they don't usually. I don't know people who are Koki Niwa I think's like around world fifteen right now, and so like mm-hmm. usually somebody like him that. wouldn't go. Yeah, right. Um, but he. He went and played, and um, first match lost uh, to Kai Zhang from America, which yeah. is it's a pretty big upset. <laughs> I mean, a huge upset. Um, a a great win for America. I mean, that was pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, Kai's he's a tough player. Um, he he moved to the U.S. maybe five years ago from China. Um, yeah. And when he moved here, he was like, I think he was in the provincial leagues in China, like huh. one of their younger players, but didn't really have a future, I don't think. So he came to the U.S. and started playing, and super good player. I think he might have won the U.S. Open once. Wow. Not positive on that, but he's he's won a lot of big tournaments in these states. So cool. Um, yeah. Then he, I mean, I'm sure that beating Kokinua has got to be his biggest career win.
1: Oh man, he he was yelling all over the place. He yeah. was so excited, yeah. Um, but heard,
0: yeah, oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, sorry. So I've heard Kai is going to be trying out for the 2020 Olympics. Cool. Um, okay. So he's going to be one to beat. He's going to be one for to beat. Yeah, for sure. Nice. He's a tough. Really good player.
1: Cool. All right. So next up, we're going to start a new um, segment in the show. Uh, so we talk about a lot of players and I know that when I was first getting into table tennis, I didn't know who anybody was. And so a lot of times when I was watching matches, if I didn't have any background on the players, I sometimes didn't care or didn't really know what was going on. Um, so um, we're going to start doing a segment called who's who, and we're going to kind of highlight players um, that you, that we think are cool and that, that are interesting and um and you should know and so um we're gonna take turns uh joey you've got some players you wanted to talk about uh this month
0: so uh who do, who do you want to talk about first so a player that kind of caught my interest um i think it was either last month or the month before is patrick yeah. francisca from yeah. germany he played in the australia open and did really good he beat uh fans dong and matthias falk and uh-huh. almost beat Xu Xin. He yeah. was... I think he had match points. It went like deuce in the seventh against Xu Xin. Yeah. Both of, against Fenzendong and Matthias, he was way down and made these awesome comebacks to, to win those matches. Wow. Um, and then he was just on the German national team in the European championships um, and, and won that, obviously. Yeah. Um, something interesting about the German team is they won... 3 0 3 like it's a team event. They won 3 0 okay. in all of their in all of their event and all of against all of their competition. They so didn't, they lose, didn't
1: a, lose anything.
0: They didn't lose a single match the whole wow. tournament. Yeah. <laughs> pretty pretty strong uh performance. And one thing about Patrick is he's twenty nine. So he's in like huh. my era that's of a little A little older. Yeah, so yeah. I mean to kind of break out onto the scene so late is it's pretty neat, um, especially because hmm. I mean I've never heard of him, so yeah, it's yeah it was cool to see that he's doing really well. He's one of my new favorite players. So that's awesome. Big big fighter, big backhand, yeah, um, and yeah, it's it's cool. He's super tall too, uh, isn't isn't he? He looks like it when he's playing. Like I'm not it, yeah. sure what his height is, but when yeah. he's playing, he looks like a giant. Yeah.
1: So. <laughs> Does that do you think that gives you like an advantage? like Samsonov is also like super huge
0: yeah I mean your height ha- it has advantages and disadvantages so okay. usually the taller you are the better you are at the at the angles but then okay. if they go into your body you have a bigger middle so oh, okay. uh, the shorter guys are quicker and they can usually get to those middle balls easier but then if you move them around it's a little tougher for them usually just yeah. in general but
1: one thing I heard about Patrick Francisca is that he, um, I think he did an interview recently on the Table Tennis Daily podcast, and he um, has he has been training with Timo Boll for a really long time, um, and I think recently he beat Timo. Oh, really? <laughs> and so it's kind of like flipping the whole sensei student uh, relationship, and um, I mean, because Timo is getting up. I think it's funny you said Patrick Francisco is kind of in your age range and Timo's in mine. So okay. <laughs> it's kind of uh Timo's still so amazing, but I I feel like I feel like any year now he's going to he's going to retire. He's going to be like I'm going to take take all this money I have and I'm just going to relax and
0: seriously, it's tough to stay on top and yeah. compete and play. There is like when you're so competitive and you're you're at that level, it's hard to just to just stop to just stop yeah like yeah when i moved to utah and i stopped competing it was really hard on me to Mm. to just go from playing all the time to coaching it was it was tough so anytime you're anytime you just hang it up it's it's not an easy decision
1: yeah
0: cool okay uh
1: who else do you want to talk about (laughs)
0: Wang, <laughs> one of the Chinese B-team guys, I, I have a really hard time with Chinese names, Wang Qin maybe? Wang Chuqin. Wang Qin okay. Um, he's 19 years old, so he beat Ma Long in the semis of the Australia Open and then lost to Shushin in the finals. Um, he also won gold and the doubles with Ma Long at the Worlds in Hungary in 2019, hmm. um, yeah, this year. <laughs> um And then in 2017, he was the world junior semifinalist at the world junior championships. So a good player. I kind of think, I mean, it's it's always hard to tell who's the up-and-coming Chinese team because there's so many things that are happening with that. Mm -hmm. Um, But definitely one of their better B-team guys that I think has probably one of the stronger resumes as far as like leading the Chinese national team in the future. So at nineteen. At nineteen, <laughs> yeah. So Wang Chu Yeah, he's, it looks
1: like he's left handed. I think, which is uh probably why he was playing with Malong mm-hmm. um in the doubles. Um
0: yeah, really good player and then obviously for doubles you want that righty lefty combo. So yeah.
1: looks like he's also number twenty five in the world right now. Yeah. That's pretty, pretty good, good.
0: for like a secondary <laughs> yeah i mean he's a
1: the number six in china right now sixth place so that's pretty good cool okay um well if if anyone in the future has someone they want us to highlight um and talk about uh you know what our twitter is uh tt talk podcast and um yeah thanks joey you are welcome. Thanks for doing your book you <laughs> your, you did your book report for the month? Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Okay. So let's talk about T League. Um T League is uh the uh, current Japanese league going on. Um I've I've often thought about like why why do I get so excited about T League? Like what about it? Like, because you've got Bundesliga in Europe, which it runs every year and it's been probably running for forever. Um, and so I'm kind of like, you know, like, and then there's there's a Chinese super League. And I'm kind of like, why do I care about T league so much? And I think it's because it feels like an event. like they put so much money into the presentation. It feels like an actual like sports league, whereas Bundesliga is kind of like a weird, I don't know, maybe it's not weird, but I feel like the whole European leagues are very um obtuse. Like it's really hard to understand like what's going on. And then even you like watch the matches and they're like they're very tame and you look at the audience and it's all these like old like European guys with beer guts and they're drinking out of their steins and stuff. And it's like <laughs> it's just like a weird um a weird feeling, and then Chinese Super League, I can never find any ab- anything about it until like I ju- I can just watch like YouTube videos a- after the fact. Um, but T League, since I speak some Japanese, um, I don't know. I get super excited about it. I feel like it's it's um, it's seems like it's doing really successful.
0: They hype it up like crazy, and they so hype it up, yeah, yeah, I, which is fun. Yeah, that definitely adds some excitement to it. Where the Bundesliga is probably one of the strongest leagues i mean maybe not right over china but yeah definitely has some of the best players in the world or most of them actually yeah. um playing in the Bundesliga. so as far as like strength of schedule i think Bundesliga probably has a beat but they don't right. really have the same presentation or the the same hype at all I and mean, not even close not no one really comes close to the japanese and hype of anything yeah. but <laughs> yeah
1: yeah <laughs> yeah which i which i love um so before I talk about where T League is at, I think I think we'll probably for the next few months while T League is going on, I'll I'll provide little updates about what's going on sure, and the rankings and stuff. Um, but before we get into it, um, I had a I had a little bit of an adventure uh, the past month um, trying to watch T League live, which oh, yeah. I feel like is kind of like my holy grail at this point. So doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> so. Um, Last year, T League, I could not figure out any way to watch it live. And I was really disappointed because that was kind of like, that was something I would want to watch live. Um, so I was watching one of the matches after the fact, and um, I saw on the kind of the ad that the advertisements that run in the, the behind the, the tables, um, I saw it said Amazon Prime Video. And I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." So, um, I go to Amazon Japan, which I buy some stuff off Amazon Japan every once in a while, anyways. So, um, I went to Amazon Japan, went to Amazon the Amazon Prime Video section, and T League was there. So, T League and Amazon Prime did a have done a deal where T League is a channel that you can buy on Amazon Prime Video, and you can watch it live, no and way. and like um, past um, matches and stuff. Do you
0: need to have a Japanese do you have to speak Japanese or how do you, how do you find it?
1: So that's the problem. So um, Amazon to, – to sign up for Amazon Prime, you – in Japan, you have to have a credit card with a Japanese address. What? And so um, I can buy stuff. Like I could buy like a book or something off Amazon Japan, but I can't sign up for Amazon Prime. What the heck? And it is so frustrating because um, – you know it's it's the internet it's right there it's like it you know the only there's there's no like technical limitations um i it's don't know so that was really
0: regional regional contracts yeah, and it's, stuff it's,
1: it's i don't it's, know i can imagine in hopefully in like 10 years none of that stuff will exist anymore it's already kind of going away but um yeah so that was the first failure um the, the like so close you can taste it failure and then I was watching a um, somebody put on YouTube one of the matches and I noticed that in the top left of one of the T League matches it said um, Jibo TV which is a Chinese um, kind of like YouTube rip off I guess. And so I was like huh, I wonder if they're like actually televising it on this like Jibo live streaming TV. It? Yeah. And so I went I went to jibo.tv um I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right but um, and sure enough, yes, they have all the matches live and and recorded, and I was like, "This is amazing." So then I um, start watching one of the matches, and I and it's like from the very beginning, from when they bring out the players, like the whole the whole thing, and so I tried to skip ahead, and then it was like a modal popped up with a bunch of Chinese text. And it like didn't let me watch it. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. So oh, I man. pop open Google Translate and start translating the pieces of text. And so it said, you have to log in. And I was like, okay, so I'll make an account. So it was like the – you you. so I was going to make an account. But then it was like, okay, you can either make an account or you can sign up with Facebook. And I was like, no. No, no, sorry, not Facebook. All these Chinese social networks, which I don't have, like QQ okay. and WeChat and stuff. And so I was like, okay, I know WeChat is kind of like trying to break into American market, so I'll make a WeChat account, and then I'll log in to this thing. So first of all, it took an entire day to make a WeChat, WeChat um, account because what? I sign up for the account, and then they're like, okay, we're going to send um, like a code to your phone number to, okay. to make sure you're a real human being code never came and so like three hours later i was like in a meeting for work and i got like five text messages and it was the codes like it had just i don't know their servers were screwed up or something or it was like the middle of night over there and and maybe somebody fell asleep at the computer (laughs) Um, and so so i finally i finally got a wechat account and then I go to back to Jibo TV, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna log in, and I log in. I'm like, okay, I'm in. I'm in this. Let's let's start watching the video. Let's skip ahead. And then it's like the same modal, and I'm like, what? And so I click. I click the button. You have to sign up. You have to pay money. So you have to you have to pay money for this. Um, there's there's a sports package, and there's a table tennis package. And the sports package is more expensive than tabletons package, but it was like two yuan or like 20 yuan a month, which I was like, okay, what's the translation? Like, what's the um, the currency yeah. for that in, in U.S. dollars? It was like $2. I was like, wow, this is it's, awesome. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, okay, let's do this. Screw it. Like, it's 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 really cheap. I'll go ahead and do this even if I don't watch a ton have to have a credit card with a Chinese mainland address. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't have, and there's no way that I would I would be able to get that. So, I'm, um. So that's <laughs> it, man. I I can't. Did you watch. end up
0: having to pay the two dollars before you found that out, or no, no,
1: no. I couldn't pay it because oh, I didn't have a credit card it. with oh, the man. with the two dollars. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. Still still no live T-League. If anybody out there knows how to watch
0: T-League live, please help me. Um, it's like the Indiana Jones. Oh, man. Discover the – yeah. I,
1: I'm going to keep trying. I have a friend who's in Japan. I'm going to see if he already has Amazon Prime, and maybe he'll um, either hook me up with, like, the family plan or, like, maybe – I don't know. Maybe I can give him some money and, and share his credentials. I don't know. I'm going to keep trying. Never say – I'm, n- I'm never going to stop. Um, okay. So let me let me give you a quick update on what's going on because um, I know this has been dragging on way too long.
0: Lucky for you, T-League is like a six-month-long league. So you have – I've got time. You have time. Yeah. 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 Um,
1: okay. So uh, for the men's uh, teams, uh, T.T. Saitama and the Kinoshita Meisters are neck and neck. Um, they actually haven't we, like it's only been running for less than a, a month now, so they, there haven't actually been a lot of matches. Um, I'll in a little bit. I'll I'll talk about some of the some of the big players on that team on both of those teams. Um, for the women's, the Kenoshita Abiel, which I don't know what an Abiel is, um, and the Nippon Seimei Red
0: Elf are, are also. I love kind these of names. Died. I
1: know they're just so random. They don't really roll off the tongue.
0: The Red Elf, yeah, Red Elf. <laughs>
1: um, they're tied for the women's teams. At least um, the
0: Bundesliga has city names behind them. <laughs> yeah,
1: but they're like they're like German city or city names, yeah. so they're like Gebrucken and they're like they're super long <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, some of the te- some of the players on these teams that are doing really good. So Ho Young Chao, who is the who just won the Chinese nationals. I think we mentioned him last time. He's right, like,
0: yeah. isn't he like thirty nine or 39, something? thirty
1: nine? Yeah, yeah, super old, but used to be really good. Super old. <laughs> Sorry, super old. That's like me in two years. Um, super old in the in the in for winning the Chinese nationals. For winning the Chinese nationals for being for playing in in um, uh, table tennis. It's it's kind of olders older, um, he is killing it. He's doing so good. He's on the Kin- Kinoshita Meisters, which is a stacked team. They have like Jun Mizutani, they have um, Harimoto, they have um, a couple other people, really good people. Um, they have been playing him more than anybody else because they don't play... They These teams have like... Um, can sometimes have like 10, 10 players on them. So they don't play all the players every single match. Um, but they've been playing him all the time and he's winning most of the matches and might
0: as well keep him going he's on fire right now so i know
1: and he's like he gets so into it it's so cool because he's like he's kind of a big guy both you know height and width um and so he just like roars when he wins and it's (laughs) it's super cool um liam pitchford is doing awesome he's playing for tt saitama so Kinoshita Meisters which is Ho Young Chow's on and the TT T. Saitama are kind of neck and neck right now. Um Pitchford's doing awesome. He's been um he hasn't won all his matches but they've been playing him quite a bit as well and he's he's been winning. That's um, cool. If
0: you're going to be playing in the T League, I mean, I'd want to play. I would rather yeah. be I do want to be on a team that had like four people on it instead of 10 or whatever. That's true. Like, I just want to play every match. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, especially if it, you know you're flying over there from um from England. Uh, you know, you're having to deal with jet lag, and then like training, getting used to like the the weather and maybe the elevation. Yeah, you'd you'd want to you'd want to play as much as you could. Oh I yeah, would think. totally. Um, and then your your old uh, favorite player, Drew Se-hyuk, has been playing a lot. Nice. Um, and he's been I doing. I love watching him. He's been doing really really good. Um, so that's cool. Um, and then the other the other kind of like outstanding player on the women's side is. Um, I'm not going to try to pronounce her last name, but Suthashini. She's from Thailand. I think I saw her last time in the Asian Championships or maybe the World Team Championships. Um, She's like Thailand's best player on the women's side, but she has been just killing it in in T-League. She's been playing – again – I don't know if it's, like, how these leagues work, but these the foreign players that they bring over, they play them a lot more than their kind of, like, native Japanese
0: players. I wonder what that is. Yeah. It's kind of interesting.
1: She's been playing – she's only – she's played, like, six or seven matches and only lost one, which is really impressive. That's really good, yeah. Um, So uh, one of the reasons that I – you know, I I started this out saying, I haven't been able to watch T-League, and now I'm like, here's all this stuff that's going on in T-League. Um, so, um, one of the reasons that I've been able to actually know what's going on is because, um, there's a YouTube channel called rallies, uh, ping pong, which is a Japanese, I don't know, table tennis company. Um, and they have been making these little digests, which are like three to four minute, um, just kind of the highlights of each, of each match that that's played. Um, And I think they're just going to keep doing it. I think they're going to do it for every single match, which is really cool. So I've been watching all of those, and um, they're all in Japanese. They have Japanese um, commentary over them, which you can just kind of tune out. Um, But I thought that people who don't speak Japanese are going to have a lot of trouble finding it. So um, I started a YouTube channel for our um, podcast, and I made a playlist, which is all of the digests in chronological order. That anybody can um, watch. Cool. Awesome. So um, it should be auto updating. I'm gonna. I, I might need to play with some of the settings, but um, I'm gonna put a link to it in the show notes, and um, I'll probably tweet it out on Twitter or something, and so people can watch it to um, catch up what's going on. I'll with definitely the have to league. check
0: that out. I yeah. haven't seen any of the t League yet, so
1: it's really cool. They even put this like really kind of suspenseful music behind it. So you're like watching these like table tennis matches. And since it's the highlights, people are always super emotional after they score these really great points and these rallies. So it's um, it's I wouldn't say it's the best way to watch it, but it's a pretty awesome way to watch it. Like it it does. Again, the hype um, continues and you get really pumped about it. So. All right. So it's time for Joey's coaching corner. And um, we got a question from Twitter. Yeah,
0: so this is pretty cool. I love getting questions. Um, The question was from Plastic Riots. Short pimples, how do you play against them? I'm a budget Samsonov-style player. Thanks in advance. All right, so, I mean, as with any style or rubber, it kind of depends a little bit on your opponent. Um, but in general there there are a few things that most short pips players will have in common. The main thing with short pips is that when you spin the ball it doesn't it doesn't impact the, your opponent with short pips as much and also if they were to push it with the short pips or or spin it, you're not going to get nearly the same amount of spin on the ball. So hmm. spin in general is is' just kind of neutralized a little bit. It's not totally neutralized but it's, it's neutralized a little bit and then the other the main thing with pips is it kind of changes the pace of the ball. Hmm. So when they hit it, it, it generally comes a little bit slower. Um, hmm. So when I'm playing against short pips, I usually wait a little bit longer. and there's a lot of times maybe like a little bit of backspin if they if they kind of flat hit it, it kind of turns into almost like a backspin. So it's it's important to wait for the ball, let the ball come to you, and then um, you probably want to add just a little bit more lift to it than you normally would. Huh. Um again it it depends on, on the style. And some pips are a little bit longer, like almost like the effect of the short pips will add a little bit more backspin to it when they when they hit it. So hmm. it, it depends a little bit on the style, but in general I'm probably gonna play um a little bit I'm just I'm just gonna wait a little bit longer and then yeah and then just give it a little more lift. Really is how I would play that okay so
1: so how to like physically what's going on with the short pips so like if if i um just do like a four forehand loop like it's going to come with top spin on their side what is what what happens when it hits the pips on their paddle
0: so it's a good question um it's kind of easier to understand it as if it were long pips when you think about it like that. Okay. So if you put topspin on the ball, and it's spinning, in spinning with a topspin. Sure. Um, as it hits the long pips, it doesn't it doesn't grab and spin the other way, like like an inverted rubber would. It it kind of just slides on it and keeps spinning in the same direction. So if I put oh. a topspin on it against long pips it's going to keep spinning with that same topspin even after it bounces back which is backspin if it's which coming towards you which turns in me. the back Whoa, right okay. so short pips does that a little bit depending on the which short pips rubber you have yeah um but it kind of it kind of still turns it it can still kind of turn in that same direction um it's a little bit complicated and hard to think about hard to sure. visualize um, but if you kind of if you have like some rubber and you have a ball and you're kind of spinning it in your hand and towards the rubber and then it grabs it and then spins the other way pips it doesn't quite do that it it, it kind of neutralizes it and comes back flat Got and it, and okay. sometimes it'll spin in the same direction which would be backspin right so huh so it's kind of like with the inverted rubber
1: yeah it's it's grabbing the ball and then turning the spin in, in whichever way you want
0: mm-hmm. and then in the what? opposite direction of what it was doing. Yeah. Okay. And then
1: the the pips. It's basically just. It's like slowing. It's like slowing the spin down, but then not sending. Not like re- reversing it. Right. It's just kind of slowing it down, and then I guess you know what is it probably the kind of like your 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 paddle stroke. Like if you're playing short pips, like it's more your paddle stroke matters. Um, like the direction your paddles is. is going as to where the ball's going to go. Because with, with, like, inverted rubber, a lot of times you brush the top of the ball. And so that kind of, that spin and direction is, um, I, maybe I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> well, like, Mima Ito plays with short pips. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times she punches it with, she, she like, punches the ball with the short pips. And so a lot of times, you know, it's going to go straight in that direction. Right. Um, so when
0: you do that, that's pretty common, actually, with short pips. You kind of just punch the ball. Because, okay. The spin's not affecting you as much, so you can kind of just hit through it. Yeah. So when you do that, it's it's it kind of turns more into a backspin than than a topspin ball. So that's oh, yeah. why a lot of times when when you hit it, it kind of goes in the net, even with short pips. It's it's much more so the case uh, with long pips, but okay. even with short pips, it's like it's almost like re- it's not quite a reversal a lot of times, um, but it can be. Okay. So and short pips is one of those where you can with long pips you can't really attack ever it's it's very difficult to attack but with short pips it's you can be pretty aggressive with you can hit it you can push it you can get spin if you're trying to get spin but a lot of times you, you're you're not really trying for the spin and then it kind of turns into a flat ball which is turns almost into like a backspin ball
1: got it you're saying when you're playing with short pips when you're playing with it okay yeah. got it so, so with long pips like um, like choppers a lot of times are they using long pips
0: they almost all use long pips okay yeah okay hopefully that answers your question um
1: (laughs) would you say like so i I mean aside from like just kind of understanding um those kind of things would you say like you just should play against a lot of short pips players
0: definitely helps to get um experience playing against short pips if you if you have someone at your club that plays short pips like ask them to hit with you and and learn kind of how because your strokes change a little bit i'm I'm adding a little bit more lift to the ball um yeah. and and obviously the patience thing is is important cuz the ball slows down with with short pips. Yeah. So it, I guess the strategy I'm using against short pips which is maybe more of what you're asking um I like to change it, it's it really kind of just depends on the player but I like to change the pace quite a bit um and I actually like to spin like I said before that the spin doesn't affect the short pips as much, but I also have more time when I'm playing into short pips, so I actually wait for it longer Mm. um, and then I actually give it a little bit more arc, and what that that does is with most players with short pips they like to go flat and straight where if I add the extra arc, the ball likes to return on an arc, so it makes it a little bit more normal of a ball, Mm. and also if they go straight on it, it if they try to go flat and like without any arc, and I have arc on my previous on on the shot that they're going straight on, right. the ball will one it'll act more normal, and also it's it's likely that they'll actually shoot it long um, because mm-hmm. the ball likes to stay on that same arc. So if if I arc it and they go straight with no arc, the ball wants to be on that arc. So a lot of times it'll it'll kind of go long. Hmm. So that's one strategy. I, I change the pace a lot, and then I actually add extra arc when I'm playing against short pips. I don't like to go hard, like flat into short pips because the short pips is has a huge advantage in that game. Got it. So, yeah. Hopefully, that's clear enough to understand. There's a lot going on with that. Yeah. Good tips.
1: I can use those too. I've had trouble against short pips too. <laughs>
0: yeah, short pips is tough, especially if you're not used to it. Um, long pips also very tough. If you're, I mean, any style really, but yeah. pips is it's you don't see it nearly as often as some of the other styles. So, yeah. um, it's, it's a little tougher to get used to, I think. Cool.
1: All right. Well, now it's time for the weird world of table tennis. And All right. How can we, how can we, um, one up ping pong poetry?
0: It's not possible. I don't think um, it's possible, <laughs> but we're going to try. And, um, I don't know if this month we'll do it, but we'll, it's, it made our list so let's you want to you you lead on this yeah yeah so <laughs> actually i think that pretty much everything will be ping pong poetry
1: i i think there i think there's no way that we can um we can one up ping pong poetry so okay uh this this month we we won't try um and what what i was what i was saying we could talk about is um uh youtube channel called pongfinity
0: i love the pongfinity guys
1: so these are three guys from Finland, and they um, have a YouTube channel where they basically do weird ping pong things every week. Yeah. <laughs> so they're actually kind of perfect for this, for this segment. Um, not much to say. I think I think every week they come up with something just weird and wild to try with ping pong, and they're very creative, and they're they're actually really good players too, which is. Um, kind of part of the fun thing. Um, one of the, one of the videos I saw recently, which I just loved was they built a raft and played ping pong in the middle of a lake. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so they, uh, I think they even like, they did a couple of dive challenges where they, they tried to do around the net shots, leaping off the raft. Um, not too much success there. That's uh, pretty hard. Um, but they I don't know I thought that was pretty cool they even showed how they built the raft and everything so it was a it was a nice nice video they also um, did a giant ping pong video where they took four tables and um, put them together and then played uh, ping pong as if like two tables was one side of a net and two tables was another and they they used some ridiculous thing as the as the net there.
0: I think they use, it looks like a barrier. I, I I've i always, like we used to do this growing up also with like the two, like more than one table, just yeah. kind of putting them together. But yeah. the hardest part is always figuring out the net. Like, Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. So they figured it out in this one and it looks awesome. It's fun.
1: It's <laughs> cool. Um, they also did another one that I really liked. Um, and we're going to link all of these in the show notes. Um, all their videos are great, but they did one where they played ping pong with a dog named Tira which I love dogs, and so, of course, I wanna play ping pong with my dog, so. it's awesome. Um, my dog won't hold the paddle in her mouth, though. She's not interested, um, so let's do that. Uh, but yeah, if you haven't checked out Pongfinity, I don't know who you are or what you're doing, because it's a really awesome video. Um, it's a really awesome YouTube channel, and they have tons of interesting and hilarious videos. Sometimes they just have matches with each other. Sometimes they do wrong hand matches. They did a video where they just glued rubber, like 10 sheets of rubber, on each side of a paddle blade with the world's biggest ping pong. I pin. haven't seen that one. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just a, a ton of fun. So and they they're um, uh, yeah, it's just it's it's weird, and uh, you should definitely check it out. All right, so um, that's weird world of table tennis. Uh, we're we're preparing, we are cooking up something very special for the next. Um, yes excited for it you'll see it then um
0: are we gonna have a giveaway we might have a giveaway
1: we might have a giveaway i i i worry about like committing to too much and then like screwing something up (laughs) 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 we're gonna try to do some special stuff um if you haven't followed us on twitter yet we'll probably be communicating a lot more about um, a potential giveaway on twitter so make sure to follow us on twitter um tt talk podcast um and now it's, it's, uh, that's basically our show. We're just talking about upcoming events. So, um, anything going on?
0: There isn't a whole lot coming up. There, we have a tournament in Salt Lake in October, um, October 19th and 20th. Cool. Um, I think it's a team tournament. I haven't looked at the entry for okay. probably a couple months now, but, um, it should be, I think it's a two man team. It should be a lot of fun. Um, it is sanctioned. It is sanctioned by yeah. USATT. So, yeah, it'll be, yeah, it'll be good. Cool. Um and then uh, yeah, are you playing in that one? I'm planning on playing it, but I I'm haven't... planning
1: on I haven't signed up yet.
0: Okay. October also has a tournament in Highland that I'm like fifty fifty gonna play. Highland? It's in sorry, it's in it's just outside of Chicago. Oh, okay. Um it's my my coach is my old coach is running it. Um uh, it's cool. it's a great tournament. Um I used to play it every year when I lived in Indiana, um, yeah. and yeah, so it's, it's coming up. I think I forget the exact dates. It's in October. I think though, what's um, it called?
1: Like Highland open? Uh, or? I
0: think it's the South shore open South shore open. Okay. Yeah. It's just outside of, of Chicago and the South shore of the Lake Michigan. Cool. So it's a big tournament and lots of really good players and really well done. Yeah. Um, I think that's all in the next month or so that actually might be more than a month away. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then one thing I, I wanted to bring up is Danny similar, my old coach, he's, he's trying out for the Olympics (laughs) and (laughs) it's going to be awesome. Like he has, he just set up a GoFundMe page that we're going to link in the notes. Um, if you're able to donate, like if there's one player that is worth donating to, it's, it's probably Danny. Like, He has given so much to the game, um, just dedicated his whole life and career to table tennis, and he's a really great player. Um, He's, I think, he used to be ranked number 19 in the world. I think there was Mm. one more guy from the U.S. who was ranked number 18. I might be wrong about the 18, Um, but one of the best players the U.S. has ever had. Yeah, Um, Canuck is knocking at the door though I mean yeah, yeah. number 22 in the world now <laughs> um really good player really good guy um and he's I don't know in his 60s now but he has such a unique style that he he probably has as good a chance as anybody of hmm. making the Olympic team even in his 60s because he's so steady and he's he's so unique and he's such a fighter that yeah. like I don't know I mean he's definitely probably one of the favorites to make the team. Cool. Um, but I mean, playing table tennis and coaching table tennis, there isn't a whole lot of, of money there. Um, mm-hmm. so he's, he's looking for donations for, for that effort. And yeah. yeah. And the
1: donations are for him, um, going to tournaments, going to the trials. I like think he's going to hire a coach and, and everything. Coach, so. Like all of the, all of those things, mm-hmm. which are not free. <laughs> exactly.
0: um, Anything else? Cool. I, that's all that I know of right now. But uh,
1: the only thing I have on here is I, I wanted to start catching up with the Bundesliga because it's happening right now, and and I've been so I don't know obsessed with T League. I haven't paid in, in much attention to it, but oh, yeah. Canuck's playing in it, which is awesome. So if for that alone, I want to, I'm interested in seeing what's going on, seeing how things are going.
0: Yeah, so. I, yeah, it's definitely worth watching, and <laughs> yeah. I got to check out how Canuck's doing over there. So, yeah. Cool.
1: Well, all right. Well, thanks for uh, listening to another episode of Table Tennis Talk. Um, any last words, Joey?
0: No, I'm just happy to be here. This is our six month anniversary of Yay. doing this. So, half a year. It's crazy. So, yeah, yeah I really enjoy it, though. And yeah, I appreciate you yeah. doing what you're doing with it.
1: Yeah, me too. I appreciate you being on here and um, helping me with the knowledge of table tennis, of which I know. Not very much. <laughs> well, I'm happy to do it, so. All right. Thanks for listening, and we'll, we'll talk to you next month. Sounds good. Bye. Table Tennis Talk is a monthly podcast by Joey Cochran and Ryan Lewis, edited by Ryan Lewis. Music on the podcast comes from Chill Hop Records. Find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And send us questions to tabletennistalk.com or on Twitter at podcast.